Good morning, Center Church. I'm so glad to see you guys all here today. If you guys don't know me, my name is John Michael Clark, and uh, I get to serve here as a student director here at the Center Church. So that means each Sunday I come here with Lindsay, and we all hang out with your students, or if you are a parent who have students. Um, yeah, so I just want to thank you for coming today. And uh, I get to carry on uh, this series called Friend of Sinners. Uh, if, we, if you have not been here, we have been doing, this is the third week of uh, the Friend of Sinners series. We started out in Luke 7 a few weeks ago talking about the sinful woman, and last week we talked about uh, crossing over boundaries. Uh, and this week we're going to uh, carry on in Luke 18. Um, and so I want to read that really quick for you guys, and then we'll, uh, we'll get right into it. So if you guys have your Bibles, we can turn to uh, Luke 18, uh, verse 35. So if you're with me, I'll, I'll read it really quick, and then we can pray. So it's called, uh, Jesus Heals a Blind Beggar, Luke eighteen thirty-five. As he drew near to Jericho, a blind man was sitting on the roadside begging. And hearing a crowd going by, he inquired what this meant. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And he cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And those who were in front rebuked him, telling him to be silent. He, but he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and commanded him to be brought to him. And when he came near, he asked, What do you want me to do for you? And he said, Lord, I want to recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, Recover your sight because your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and he followed him, glorifying God. And all the people who saw it gave him praise to God. So I'm going to pray and then we'll continue. God, I want to thank you for this day and this opportunity to be here, Lord, and you're in, the, in this building uh, that we can gather as the church. So we thank you for fellowship and uh, community, that it's so good to be together with believers again, Lord. So we'll never take granted for that ever again, God. So we thank you for that. We thank you for your son and what he's done for us, Lord. Um, today, I ask that you open the hearts of the people in the crowd and, and the audience, Lord, and that uh, you can speak through me and use me uh, uh, as you speak through me and use me to, to uh, speak to their hearts, Lord, today. So thank you and amen. All right. I'll be honest, though. When I read this passage earlier this week, it reminded me of uh, an experience I had in my childhood. Um, so if you guys don't know a lot about me, I know uh, I'm the youngest of four and so, uh, well, actually, yeah, I'll say it. So my, my parents had three kids, they built a house, and then they had me. So they had to, like, add another room. So I could say I'm an accident. I probably was an accident. But um, they still love me. I know my mom's favorite. You know, she wouldn't deny that. And the other three are, you know, older than I am and off doing cool things. But being the youngest, if you guys are the youngest in this room, you know what it feels like to be the youngest in the family. Who's the youngest in here in your family? Yes, yeah, so a lot of you. So you guys might, might be able to relate to this. Being the youngest, you get made fun of a lot. You get, you know, you get forgotten a lot. I've been forgotten in Walmart many times. And not only that, but you're also the most spoiled, so it kind of like evens out a little bit. Um, but with that, being the youngest, I had an older sister who was four years older than I am, and then two older brothers who were much older than that. And uh, there's been many times in my life where my sister would be talking to someone, like my brothers, and they'd be laughing about something really funny because they were just like, laughing, like, you know, really hard, and I was like, yo, Abby, like, what, like, what are you guys laughing at? She just doesn't answer. So I'm like, hey, like, what are you guys laughing about? Nothing. I'm like, Abby, hey, Abby, Abby, and I'm like trying to, I'm, I start like begging, like, hey, what are you guys talking about? And then she has the, she has the, I don't, I don't know, like the, 
the spirit to just yell at me and say, what? What do you want from me? And I'm like, whoa, holy cow. Like, if you just would have answered me the first time, you wouldn't be this mad. And I'm thinking to myself, like, did she want to be mad? Did she like, did she like being angry? Like, she, she literally ignored me until she got mad to yell at me. So, like, me and this blind man relay a little bit because we're calling out. We called out to Jesus. Now, obviously, this guy has got, a, got it a lot worse. He literally can't see. Um, and so, as we're, um, as we're journeying through this passage we both called out, like he called out to these guys, like he hears this crowd going by, and he says, hey, what's going on? He literally can't see. Now, like I said, he's a, he's a blind beggar. So not only is he blind, but because he's blind, he was socially powerless. People didn't give him the respect he deserved. He, he couldn't get a job because of this. Because of this. So not only is he blind, but because he's blind, he was socially powerless. People didn't give him the, the respect he deserved. He he couldn't get a job because of this, because he was blind. A lot of people who were, um, who were disabled in that time couldn't get jobs. So they would go to the roadside. People would take him there, or he'd journey there somehow. People would take lame people or blind people or disabled people, place them there on the roadside so they could beg. This is how they made their earnings. Now, for people who were like rabbis or high, uh, higher officials, they saw giving to the blind or to the lame and disabled as a righteous act. So almost kind of like a prideful thing to be like, hey, like, uh, I'm going to give this money to this blind person, this homeless, excuse me, this homeless person, and so like it'll look, it make me look good. So that's how they kind of made their earning. It's you know not really the most ideal situation, but that's how they did it. So this blind man is begging on the side of the road, and then he hears this commotion going on. He's like, "What is going on?" So he calls out. He says, hey, what's going on? And thank God no one ignored him, because that'd be just rude. I don't know why my sister would do that to me. No one ignored him. And they said, they told him, Jesus uh, of Nazareth is passing by. And he cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. So uh, Jesus, son of David, when he calls us out, this is the blind man recognizing Jesus as the Messiah. The son of David is the line of the king, and that's where Jesus was prophesied to come from, was from this line. So by saying this, he's acknowledging Jesus as God. He is the Messiah, the anointed one. Son of David, have mercy on me. And the crowd, those who were in front, rebuked him. They told him to be quiet. That's really rude, to, call, to tell someone to, to be quiet, like you're, you're not worth talking to Jesus. You're not worth, uh, Jesus, like you're not worth Jesus' time. He was seen as, he told him to be quiet. But guess what? The blind man, he cried out all the more and said, son of David, have mercy on me. This blind man didn't care what the crowd thought. He, he decided to continue crying out. And Jesus heard him finally. He said, he, Jesus stopped and he commanded him to be brought to him. And he came near and he asked him, what do you man and said, what do you want me to do for you? Now Jesus knows that he is God. And this blind man knows that he is also God, the son of, the son of God. And so he says, Lord, which is also another way to acknowledge that he is, uh, he is uh, God. He says, let me recover my sight. This blind man knew exactly what he needed. He knew he was blind. He knew Jesus could do exactly what he needed from him, exactly what he needed from him. And he said, Lord, will you recover my sight? And Jesus said to him, recover your sight. Your faith has made you well. It was his faith that made him well. He, he believed that Jesus could save him. And immediately he recovered his sight. He got up, and he followed Jesus, glorifying God. This is amazing. He becomes a disciple, pretty much. He starts following after Jesus, 
And when the crowd saw this, they gave praise to God. So that's like this awesome miracle story. And then usually in these miracle stories, uh, the author will give kind of a, um, a reaction of the crowd. They'll explain what the crowd did. Like you'll see in uh, like another miracle that I know pretty well is John 11 when Jesus uh, raises Lazarus from the dead. Uh, it says that the Jews that were with Mary and Martha grieving, uh, they saw what Jesus did and they believed. Usually Jews don't believe that. Uh, the, but they believed in Jesus, that he was the Messiah. So this is an amazing opportunity for these Jews to be saved by what Jesus did. They had faith. So that was their reaction. That was how they responded to this miracle. In this case, the crowd, they saw it and they gave praise to God. Like, this is awesome. They, this, this crowd led the way, right? Remember that part when he says, uh, in the crowd who were in front or they led the way, uh, they rebuked, right? Remember that? I don't think we caught that. It says, if you haven't noticed... These people were who leading the way with Jesus, who were walking with Jesus, living with Jesus, being disciples of Jesus. They were the ones who told the blind man to be quiet. How messed up is that, right? So not, all, like not, not everyone who goes to church are good people. I know that's really sad. In all reality, we all aren't good people, right? I know it's really hard to hear, but we all aren't perfect. We're all we all need Jesus. But in this case, these people didn't get it. Their heart wasn't in the right place. They didn't think, to, they didn't think about how this blind man needed something. He, they didn't even think about giving him any money. They just decided to tell him to be quiet. Like, you're not worth it to Jesus. They almost kind of had this, like, hierarchy. It's really sad that they told him to be quiet. I, when I read that, it really broke my heart to think that the people walking with Jesus are the ones who told him to be quiet. Like, I feel like a lot of us can probably relate to that, right? We start to think, like, oh, that person, like, oh, they, they just, you know, they're messing around with their girlfriend. Like, they're not, they go to church and they're, they're messing around. Or that person lies all the time and they're, they're, you know, they're going to church and they say they pray for me, but they never do. Like, we end up, we end up calling people out for their sins, but not realizing that we're all full of sin, right? Us people in church tend to, we tend to, like, judge people and think we have the place to judge people for what they're doing, but not realizing that we are also full of sin, and we don't deserve the forgiveness that God has given all of us. But what's super cool about this story is the blind man didn't care what the crowd said. The blind man cried out all the more. They told him to be quiet. They literally said, stop, like, you're being, you're, you're being annoying, you know, except they answered him. They didn't ignore him. They answered him. And so Jesus, the blind man calls out again and cries out all the more. He didn't care what the crowd had to say. He knew what he needed. I don't think, I mean, maybe some of us might know, but this guy was blind. I don't think that's, that's a tough life to live. He could have been blind from birth. And so he's lived his whole life walking, not by sight. And so he, just, he, know, he, he knows he needs Jesus. He actually wanted Jesus really badly. He didn't care what people thought, right? Growing up, I, uh, I kind of have this, a good idea of what it feels like to want something really badly, uh, growing up, I loved playing with Legos. I was that kind of kid who just like played with Legos all the time. My older brothers had them. They passed them down to me, and, and I would play with them all the time, and I would, uh, each Christmas, I would just ask for all the Lego sets. That's all I'd get for Christmas. And uh, as I was, um, one year I got this Lego magazine, and I was flipping through the Lego magazine, and I was cutting out the, um, the this Lego sets that I wanted. I'd tape it on a piece of paper, and I'd color around it. Like, this is my Christmas list. This is what I would hand to my parents. And uh, I was flipping through, and uh, I saw it. It was the Lego set of my dreams. It was actually this Lego set right here. The Lego City airplane. 
It was an airplane. I, yes, I know. I really, really wanted that. So if you guys want to get that for me, I would love to build it again. I don't know where it's at. It's somewhere in my Lego box at home. And yes, I still have all my Legos because who wouldn't keep them? They're for my, my new nephews. Anyways, um, I wanted this Lego set really badly. So I cut it out. I colored a, a, a lot more around it. And uh, I was like, all right, mom and dad, here is my list. I want this Lego airplane and also all the other Lego sets too because that's all I got for Christmas. And so I wanted it so badly. As a six-year-old, I'd stay up all night. Well, probably not, but I'd stay up later than I should have praying to God, like, God, I want this Lego set so badly. Like, please give it to me like any other six-year-old would pray for. Like, what else do you pray for as a six-year-old? And so I wanted this Lego set so badly, and I'd pray for it. One morning I woke up and I said, okay, I'm going to try to build it myself because it's like, you know, November, December time, and I decided to go to my Lego box, and I started pulling out the Legos, and I started looking at the magazine and the picture of it and kind of replicating it and building it. I tried, I tried building it, and I actually got pretty far. I was able to build an airplane out of Legos, and I was so happy to see my creation that I created. But obviously, it wasn't, it wasn't this, um, but I was very proud of it. I tried my best. I did everything in my power to build this Lego set, and I, I pick it up, and I, I run downstairs to my mom and dad. I'm like, guys, look. And as I'm running, I trip, and it shatters on the ground along with my heart. It shatters with it. And I drop to my knees, and I just start, I just start crying. I'm like, no. Like, I just like, pr- tried so hard to build this Lego set. I wanted it so badly. And so we're sitting there in this, in this pile of Legos, and uh, I get my brothers and sister. We walk upstairs, and we rebuild it again. And, and you know, it's, it's just not the same, though. Like, I wanted it so badly. So I tried everything I could to build it. I kept praying. I kept staying up all night, and I desired it so badly. It was more than a want. It was a need at this point. I needed this Lego set. Christmas comes, and I'm opening all these presents, and who knows what it feels like to know what you want, and you see, that, that you see the gift, and you're like, okay, that's definitely it. And you rip it open, it's not it. You know, it's probably underwear. Obviously, underwears don't come in boxes, and they don't shake and sound like Legos. But I wanted it so badly still. I wanted it. And so I kept opening all my gifts, and by the end of the day, at the end of the, the morning, I didn't get the Lego airplane. And I'm thinking to myself, like, God, like, why? Why at this point? This is the biggest trial I've ever gone through in my entire life, all six years. And I was, I was dying. And I was like, my, like I, I, I couldn't, like, I didn't have, uh, I didn't, I didn't want to, like, call my parents out and be like, yo, like, I kind of wanted this really badly and you didn't get it for me. So I kind of just, like, gave them the cold shoulder and kind of went upstairs and built the Legos I did have. So I was really thankful for that. But then as the, the morning goes on, we go over to my grandma's house uh, to kind of have more of a family, like my uncles would come over and we would, uh, my aunt would come over and we'd uh, have more Christmas gifts. And my aunt and uncle walk in with the Lego, with a, with a, with a present, and I knew it was it. I was like, that's got to be it. But I was like, well, why would they get it for me? Anyways, I, I, I grab it from that has my name on it, I rip it open, and it was the Lego airplane. And so my, my aunt and uncle got it for me, which totally blew me off, or threw me off. And so I take it home, and I build it, and I, I construct it, and I, I take, like, fishing line, and my dad helps me hang it up in my room, and I finally got the Lego set that I've been praying for and uh, desiring and doing everything I could to get it, and I finally got it. And I share this story because you see how, much, how bad that six-year-old little me wanted that airplane? I wanted it so, so badly, right? The man didn't have. He didn't have his sight. I didn't have that Lego set, and I wanted it. The blind man didn't have his sight, and he needed it. It's far greater. What this blind man needed was far greater than what I needed. And this story perfectly shows how badly he wanted it. I want this blind man to be an example for how we should live our lives, right? This blind man needed 
Jesus so badly, and Jesus had exactly what he could offer. Now, I bet a lot of us can really relate to what it feels like to, to, to be walking without sight. We, we walk this life just like aimlessly. We, we kind of feel blind sometimes. We kind of feel like we're trying so hard to make ends meet. We're trying so hard to, to make things happen, and, and sometimes things come out of nowhere. We, like, they just happen, right? We didn't see it coming. This blind man never saw it coming, and we never see anything that happens in life coming at us. Like, it could be a, a job loss. We didn't see that coming. We didn't see COVID coming. I know it's a, a classic example at this point, but we did not see the future. We couldn't see what was happening, and life just, like, came out of nowhere. It could be a, a family member that you lost. You didn't, you didn't expect to see that coming. It could be a relationship broken up. You didn't, you didn't expect, expect to see that happening. The point is that we don't see what happens. This blind man definitely didn't see, and he knew that he needed Jesus. So when, whenever that happens in our life, whenever we don't see things coming and they come our way, and we end up, we end up um, not knowing what to do, and our natural human tendency is to, to grip onto everything we have. You know, we try to, try to handle ourselves as men. We, try to, we don't want any help. We just want to do it ourselves. And same thing for women. We try to do things on our own and, and act like we have it all together, and we try to do things and we do everything in our own control, but it's just never good enough. It's like me trying to build that Lego. It's, trying to, it's me trying to build the Lego set before I even had it. I tried doing it, but it just wasn't good enough. It, and it ultimately just ended up failing, and it wasn't, it wasn't the airplane. We try to do things in our own, but we just can't do it. And we do it, we try to do these things because we know we, we need it. We know we're broken, right? I know it, it's, it takes a lot to say to ourselves, like, man, like, I, I can't do it. Like, I am... I'm not good enough. Maybe it's not, maybe it's not the things in your life that, are, that you struggle with. Like, you're okay. Like, if something bad happens, you realize it's for a purpose, right? It happened for a reason. Like, that, that's okay. Like, I know it's like I lost my job, and that's really unfortunate, but I know God has a plan, right? Like, we, some of us have that faith, which is awesome. But what about the people in here who are dealing with sin that we can't control, it feels like it's, just, it's enveloped our lives and we can't handle this sin, like whatever, if it's lusting or lying or stealing or cheating, whatever it is, we just seem to, we, we just can't control it. We have this sin that's in it. We can't handle this sin, like whatever, if it's lusting or lying or stealing or cheating, whatever it is, we just seem to, we, we just can't control it. We have this sin that's in our lives and you try so hard, it feels like you have no control over it, right? Now, for those who are Christians in this room, I would say, I don't think we realize how good we had it, right? Because we know we were broken. We know we were blind. We needed Jesus. We, we feel that, that brokenness, and we needed something. And we reached out to Jesus, and Jesus offered it to us, and he gave it to us. For a lot of us who had that moment where we accepted Christ in our heart, we know what it feels like to be saved, to, ha- to be given. Uh, to be given. For a lot of us who had that moment where we accepted Christ in our heart, we know what it feels like to be saved, to, have, to, be given, uh, to be given sight, to, to be taken out of darkness into light, right? We know what it feels like to, uh, to be saved. But we have slowly lived in a life that becomes really foggy. We can't see very well anymore and becomes really mundane. And we, we forget, we forgot what Jesus did for us. We end up just going to church and we think that's good enough to be a Christian. We end up, we end up saying, I'll pray for you, and that ends up being good enough. We, we end up posting that cool scripture on your story or whatever it is or on your, on your Instagram or Facebook, and that's good enough. That shows that I'm a Christian. But we have forgotten what Jesus has done for us in our lives. Maybe there's some of us in here who aren't saved, and we don't know who Jesus is, and we know exactly what it feels like to be broken, to be blind, and we just want, 
We just want something more. We're trying so hard, but it's... I say all this because as Christians and people who maybe not aren't Christians, we need something. We need something like this blind man. We need Jesus, and Jesus has exactly what we need. Like I said, this series is called Friend of Sinners. I know we don't like to be called sinners, but in all reality, we, we are broken. We do need Jesus, right? And that relationship we had with God a long time ago before we were even here was together, but because it was broken, there needs to be this reconciliation, right? And Jesus bridges that gap between the brokenness we had with Jesus. See, going to church doesn't make us a Christian. Being here today does not make you a Christian. That's the same thing as standing in a garage doesn't make you a car, right? You, you are, we're human, but we need Jesus. So it's not about what you do. It's not about how you live your life. It's about your heart and where you believe in Jesus and how you believe in Jesus. It isn't enough to be around people who know Jesus or who are around Jesus. We need to be around Jesus himself, right? That's the faith it takes. We're not, it's not enough to be here right now to be Christians or have a relationship with God. We need to be around Jesus himself, just like this blind man, right? He needed Jesus, and he wanted to be around him. He didn't want to be around the crowd. The crowd was mean, right? He wanted to be around Jesus. Jesus had exactly what he offered, and Jesus wanted to be his friend. He wanted to, he wanted to be with him, just as much as Jesus wants to be our friend. He's a friend of sinners, and we, we need a friend like that. Now, I want this to be an encouragement to you guys. In James 2, 18, if you guys want to turn there, James is writing, but someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. I love that last line there. So this is James 2, 18. It says, show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. Now, I don't want you to get it wrong. It is by faith that we are saved. It's in Ephesians. But it's what you do that shows your faith. So yes, going here to church today does show your faith with Jesus, but it doesn't make you a Christian. It's the fact that you believe in Jesus that, that, uh, that makes you saved. So I want that to be an encouragement to you guys. It's not about what you say or what you do. It's about how you live your life, about living it out for Jesus. We need to realize that we are blind and broken, and, but we need Jesus himself. So it's not enough to be around friends who know Jesus. We need to be around Jesus himself. And that might look like seeking after God daily. It might look like waking up in the morning and thanking God for what he's done for you today. It might look like uh, sharing your faith with someone because you care about their salvation. It might look like um, daily in prayer for them. Or so when you say, hey, I'll pray for you, it actually might mean like you're going to go pray for them. So I just want you guys to be encouraged by the idea that we need to be around Jesus himself, and together we are the church, right? And we're here together at the church, but it's, uh, it's, our, it's our individual relationships with God that, um, that we need, and we need, um, we need Jesus just as much as this blind man needed Jesus. It was his faith that saved him. Let's not be the crowd who judges and rebukes people for being sinners. Let's be, let's be like the blind man who humbled himself and needed Jesus. So if you guys... Um, we're spoken to by this message today, and you're thinking to yourself, oh, man, I, I really 
I really don't think I'm seeking after Jesus, or man, I really need Jesus badly. I really encourage you guys to know that the invitation is wide open to know Jesus. And if you want to come talk to me or John or anyone you trust after church today and, just, and realize that, man, I am, I am blind and I am broken and I need, I need a friend. I need Jesus because Jesus wants to be your friend and he loves you and he saved you a long time ago and has forgiven you from all your sins because he loves you. So I'm going to pray this out and we'll continue in worship. God, thank you so much for today and thank you so much for your son. He's called friend of sinner, Lord, and he's called that for a reason, because a long, long time ago, Lord, we, we sinned and our relationship with you was broken, but you don't have a plan B, Lord. We are your plan A, and you love us, and you want us back. You want us back so much that you, you sent us your son to take our place in death, Lord, and so that we could believe in you, have that faith and accept that Jesus took our place in hell and that we could believe in you and live with you forever again because you love us that much, Lord. Thank you today for who you are. Amen.